Welcome, welcome to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1, featuring Bay Area Sports Insight. Now, here's your host, Jimmy B. Good morning, sports fans, and welcome to the Jimmy B Sports Show. I'm your host, Jim Barron. Today is Saturday, the 25th of November. Hope everyone's having a great Thanksgiving weekend so far. It's going to only get better today if you're a sports fan. We're going to break down some of the big games today. Of course, talk about the Bucks and some NFL games, and maybe a little bit of uh, hockey as well. The number here is 877-448-7901. Sports at power901.com is the email. If you want to check in that way, we'll be right back to kick off the show. You are in the gymnasium on Power 90.1. In the heart of Brandon, you'll find your local fine jeweler. That's Macaulay Fine Jewelry. Stop by our new location directly behind our old building at the southeast corner of Robertson and Kings Avenue. At Macaulay Fine Jewelry, we have a group of very talented designers and jewelers on site who would love to help you create a -a one-of-a-kind piece or choose from an array of beautiful fine jewelry ready to box and gift wrap. The holiday season is upon us. Macaulay's holiday sale starts November 21st and runs through Christmas Eve. Do something special this year. Stop by Macaulay Fine Jewelry, 201 South Kings Avenue, in the heart of Brandon. Now, now back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. Welcome back, sports fans. Hopefully, like I said, everyone had a great Thanksgiving day and extending into the weekend here. Some awesome college football we're going to get to today. want to talk a little bit about the Bucs first. They had a tough game last week against the 49ers. We lost 27-14. The offense did not play that bad. They had a couple shots there. Uh, inside the five-yard line a few times, couldn't capitalize on it. Lots of dropped passes, not quite sure. You know, Otten had one, Evans had one. Um, You know, you have to catch the ball, you have to score when the opportunity presents itself. Uh, Nonetheless, the offense did show some uh, signs of waking up a little bit, putting some points on the board. San Fran's a very good team, and I think overall, we didn't expect them to win that game. They should have definitely cut the score, though, I believe, to uh, 27-21 to at the end and maybe have a chance for an onside kick and take our chances and see what happens. However, that didn't happen. We lost, and right now we've lost um, six out of the last eight games. Going back to, you know, lost the Eagles game, the Lions, the Falcons, the Bills, Texans. San Fran, in between there, we did pick up a victory against Tennessee two weeks ago and the Saints. I want to talk about the Saints a little bit. Right now, as you know, our record is four wins and six losses. What does that put us? Typically in the NFL, that puts you out of contention for anything and getting ready for some uh, spring training baseball, maybe some golf. However, because the Bucks are in the NFC South division, it puts them right in the thick of things, believe it or not. And right now we are one game behind the Saints. We do have a tiebreaker against the Saints because we beat them in the first game. Um, if you remember that game, you put up 26 points. The defense played tough. 
and we came away with a W. We get to play him again here. Uh, I think it's on the uh, last day of the year, if I'm not mistaken, New Year's Eve. But before we get to the Saints game, being one game behind, what does that mean for our uh, chances the rest of the season? Seven games left. Seven games left, including the Indianapolis Colts that we play tomorrow out there in uh, Indianapolis. Oh, Minshew's a quarterback out there. What are we going to have to do to uh, get a W? If we can beat the Colts, let's just look at the last seven games here. We got the Colts tomorrow. Then we play the Panthers in the first game of, of two that we have. We played them last game of the season. But we got the Panthers. Then we play the Falcons. Then we play Green Bay up there at the Frozen Tundra. Talk about that one in a second. Jacksonville. We play home. We play the Saints. Then we play the Panthers to finish out the season. Now, if you look at that schedule with seven games left, we have a chance to actually win that division, believe it or not. And here's why. The Saints, uh, you know, Jameis Winston's going to be the quarterback for, for the Saints. You know how he is, hot and cold. Uh, I think we can uh, beat the Saints again. We're going to have to when we play him here. Um on December 31st. You look at the second place team, Atlanta, they're four and six. So we're tied with them right now. They did beat us the first time, which was a, a travesty that they kicked that field goal at the end to beat us. But we're going to be playing them again uh, the 10th of December. So uh, that's going to be up there in Atlanta. We're going to have to play a lot better to be able to beat them. The Ritter's going to be their quarterback, and I think that we have a chance to beat them as well. So, And, of course, Carolina playing them next week and then at the last game of the season on the 7th of January. Carolina's terrible. So breaking down that whole NFC South standings, well, the Saints one game ahead. They're actually playing Atlanta this week. So assuming Atlanta wins and we win, if my math is correct, looking at the standings, you're going to have five, t- three teams at five and six. You're going to have the Saints, Atlanta, and us all at five and six, assuming we beat Indianapolis and the Falcons beat the Saints. So how's that for uh, now going into the month of December, tied for first in the division with the record that we have that would put us at five and six. So anyway, want to hear your thoughts, JimmyBSports.com. Shoot me an email. Let me know your thoughts on the game last week against San Fran. Let me know what you think we need to do this week to beat Indianapolis. I'm going to tell you what I think. I think we need to get the ball to Godwin. I don't know why he gets fewer looks. He's getting, I think he was thrown two seven times last week. He caught seven of them. Um, six of them, six out of seven passes that was thrown his way, he was able to catch. We go to Evans. Now, Mike Evans is a great receiver, no doubt. You have to get him in the offense. Threw to him 12 times. He caught five of them. So, in order to be able to win in the NFL, you need to be able to get the ball to your playmakers. Who are the playmakers on the Bucks? Well, Number one, you have your two receivers. 
They talk about the receivers, the two I just mentioned, Godwin and Evans. You got to get them the ball. You got to find a way to design some plays to make sure that during the game, before you get to the red zone, you incorporate these two guys enough time so that you can get to the red zone to be able to score. The third option is Rashad White out of the backfield, whether you have him running the ball or whether you have him catching some passes out of the backfield, which they've been coming along and improving in that aspect of their offense, which is good to see. I think Canales has finally realized that you have to incorporate him into the offense to be able to, you know, catch the ball out of the backfield to be able to go out there and move the chains. Now, Tompkins, is he getting any better? Sure, Palmer, once in a while. But you know what? These guys, they don't have the total um, total package that the other three that I just mentioned have. So you got to get the ball to Evans. you got to get the ball to Godwin. And you got to get the ball to Rashad White. Those are the three people that we have. You get down the red zone, you might want to incorporate Kate Otten into it, the tight end, if you can catch a ball. You know, these guys get alligator arms so many times when they get to the red zone down there at the goal line. So you have to be able, and I would be looking to Godwin first. If I'm Baker Mayfield back there and I have to make a completion to someone, the best hands on that team in the receiving core is Chris Godwin. So I find where he is. Typically, the defenders will put their best defender on Evans, which is, you know, that's fine. Let them do that. Again, I'm looking for Godwin going across the middle somehow or maybe on a sideline pattern and get him the ball. So if you look at what the Bucks need to do, it, it, it's going to be difficult because this team, although the offense is playing better, and you can't take it away from them. No, Mayfield, he's going out there. He's doing the best he can every week. And, you know, wh- whether you're a Baker Mayfield fan or not, you have to say that he's out there giving 110%, which is really all you can ask for from what he's doing. If he cuts down on a couple bad decisions that he makes, it'll be better. But when you look at this team, they go as their defense goes. And we have some not-so-good news about the defense. You know, they're going to be, again, without some key players. If you look for this week, we have Levante David, who I think is probably the, the leader on that team from a defensive standpoint, and Jamel Dean. Both are going to be out. Now, if you remember last weekend, David suffered a groin injury, and Dean has an ankle injury. So those two guys are not going to be in the game this week, we don't know if it's going to be a one week or if it's going to be uh, multiple weeks. It's day to day, according to Bowles. Again, you never, you know, you don't know. Bottom Bowles doesn't know how long they're going to be out either, but uh, they're definitely going to be out this week. Now, you also have inside linebacker Devin White. Uh, he's going to be a game time decision with a uh, leg injury. So. Devin White, I'll tell you what, other teams have been targeting him lately. Something's up with with White. I, I don't know if he's playing, um, you know, not to get hurt, it looks like sometimes. But no, number, number 45 needs to go out there and make some plays, because, especially without Levante David there. 
Uh, he really needs to step up. You know, the other cor- starting cornerback that we have, Carlton Davis, he's dealing with a hip injury. He's also going to be a game-time decision. Uh, so, you no, know, without the David in there, you no, know, he's the leading tackler. Um, White's in question. You're going to look at, you no know, Servasia Dennis and probably third-year backup K.J. Britt. Neither has started an NFL game, but yet here we are playing against a team that we're able to beat, I believe, in Indianapolis. But we need to be able to go out there and put some pressure on you know, Minshew, the quarterback of Indianapolis. The loss of David really hurts the Bucks the most, in my opinion. Uh, he defends the screen so well, and against the run, he's definitely a beast as well. Um, Devin White, when he's playing well, is more of a blitzer, which I, I think we can utilize his skills if his head's in the game to go out there and you know, make a count. Because like I said, our defense is where it starts. We can go out there. We could probably score 24, 26, maybe, maybe 28 points against Indy. But if you give up 30-something points like we've done, then all bets are off the table. You're going to probably lose. So the other quarterback, you're going to have Zion McCollum out there. He started now seven times, I believe. He's going to get the nod in Dean's place. Um, and then, you know, you're going to have Josh Hayes probably. Derek Pitts is also an option. So we have some definite holes to fill on the defensive side of things. Every team at this time of year has some issues with what they're going to be doing as far as filling some gaps and, and everything else because, you know, we do get some injuries. So your thoughts on what we need to do? I'm saying you get Godwin involved in the game more. You, I, I'm saying that Evans needs to be able to catch more than five out of 12 balls that are thrown his way for whatever reason. Catch If you look at the game last weekend, Monday Night Football, the Eagles and the, and the uh, Chiefs, good game. But how many passes did the receivers for Kansas City drop? Whether it was Scantling, whether it was Kelsey, it ended up costing them the game. They should have won that game. But instead, they gave it away to Philly. You got If you're a receiver, you got to catch the ball. There won't be any weather issues, of course, playing up there in Indy. So I, I do look for the Bucks to go out there, and they need to be told that, hey, listen, we win. Saints lose. We're tied for first. They had a tiebreaker against the Saints like we talked about, not so much against Atlanta, but we can fix that when we play Atlanta the next time. Love to hear your thoughts, JimmyBSports.com. Let me know what you think we have to do to win this game. I might be wrong. Let me know what uh, you would do if you were Todd Bowles and company. We'll be right back to keep the show going. You are in the gymnasium on Power 90.1. The old way of living with diabetes is a pain. You've got to remember to do your testing and always need to stick your fingers to test your blood sugar. The new way to live your life with diabetes is with a continuous glucose monitor. Apply a discrete sensor on your body and it continuously monitors your glucose levels. You might be eligible for a CGM through your insurance benefits. Call us today for a free benefits check. 800-390-5160 800-390-5160 
That's 800-390-5160. Now, now, back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. Welcome back, football fans. If you saw some of the games on Thanksgiving Day, you saw Green Bay take advantage of some great play by Jordan Love, the third-year quarterback, put up his fourth straight good game. And uh, that nice pass, if you saw it, the first, the bomb to Christian Watson on the first snap, that was nice. And then everything else went well for Green Bay. They ended up beating Detroit 29-22. to And um, that was a surprising game. I think that a lot of people picked Detroit in that one. And they sliced up a Lions defense that really – Gave them problems in week four, if you remember. And I think Green Bay slid into the number eight seed now in the NFC after that win. So Jared Goff and Detroit uh, turnovers again. Turnovers kill teams, and that's what happens. Uh, uh, Goff, I think he had a three-interception game last Sunday. And again, he had a hard time hanging on to the ball. I think he fumbled twice in the first quarter from what I remember watching. So you can't have the turnovers. Green Bay played well. Detroit didn't. They tried to come back at the end. Uh, Rashawn Gary had a nice uh, defensive game from a pass-rushing standpoint for Green Bay. They were missing some key players, and he definitely stepped up. So congratulations to them. Uh, if you saw the other game, you had Dallas. Dallas looking like they're you know, playing on all cylinders right now. But again, they played Washington. And when you're playing Washington, you're expected to win. They did win. Dallas won 45-10. to 10. Dallas seems to be able to beat up on teams that they're better than. Other than that, when they play some of the better teams, they have issues. So I am not sold on Dallas this year. I think there's a lot to be said for the hype that they receive every year and during the season. But saying that, they did go out and they did win. And they played well. The aerial attack is definitely cooking right now. Um, You know, C.D. Lamb. He's probably their best receiver. Uh, And I think that Dak Prescott, he's thrown for over 300 yards in um, four of his last five games now. So he's racked up a 17 to 2 touchdown to interception ratio. And I I think that you got to give credit where credit is due. They're playing well. Again, though, it was against Washington. Washington's 4 and 8 right now because they're a lousy team. And. That's just the bottom line. So then the, you definitely had um, the game, the last game of the, the day on Thanksgiving was San Francisco and Seattle. Um, that game was 31-13. San Francisco won, and that was at Seattle. So the one common denominator in all three of those games that I saw was the number of points that were scored. The over in all three of those games covered. Uh, two of the home teams lost, Seattle and Detroit. San Francisco, I'm telling you, to me, San Francisco is, you know, right there with Philly as the best team in the NFC. Um, they may be better in ways than uh, Philly. And I think that when you have Brandon Ayuk on the team, when you have Christian McCaffrey, who had 114 yards and two touchdowns, who I think is probably, I would say that McCaffrey is probably the best football player 
all-around football player in the NFL. He's so much fun to watch. He, he can obviously run the ball for his size. He's very physical. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. If you want to try a flea flicker, have him throw the ball. He can throw the ball as well. Uh, When you have the likes of Ayuk, McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, he had 79 rushing yards and a touchdown as well. They shredded Seattle's defense all night long. Geno Smith, um, he looked a little rusty. And he really couldn't rally Seattle. They came back at the end a little bit. But I think the elbow injury that Smith has was really starting to um, to show. San Fran made big plays early on defense and special teams. And they just kept the momentum and, and kept it going. So, again, when you have a team that is strong on both sides of the ball and you add some some key special teams plays in there then, you know, you have the makings of a team that is very formidable. And they are. I, I think Philly and San Fran are the top two teams in the NFC. And if you want to put one above the other, I'll, I'll listen to that conversation because I don't think that there's a lot of difference between those two teams right now. And depending on who gets the home field advantage, they're both tough. Nobody wants to play Philly in Philly. Uh, and San Fran's tough as well on at home, and they may be the best road team. Uh, I know they had a couple losses in a row, but they're a team that really, uh, really can win it all, in my opinion, especially on the NFC side of it. Would love to hear your thoughts. JimmyBSports.com. If you want to check in, let me know what you think. We're going to come back. We're going to break down a couple other NFL games, and we're going to talk some college. JimmyPSports.com. Let me know in the email. We'll be right back to keep the show going. You are in the gymnasium on Power 90.1. Fire and Ice Heating and Cooling. Serving Valrico and surrounding areas. Locally owned and operated. Fire and Ice will give you an honest estimate on any repairs you might need. Also specializing in new installs. Using the industry's highest quality parts and equipment. Don't fall for service time gimmicks that end up sticking you with an overpriced repair bill. Over 25 years of experience dedicated in providing exceptional services. When you don't want service with a guest, call the best. Fire and Ice Heating and Cooling. Call 863-797-7096. That's 863-797-7096. Or online at fireandiceair.com. Now, Now, back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. Welcome back to the show, guys. Want to take an email? Bill from Plant City. Jimmy B. You're saying the Bucks have a chance to win the division. The Bucks are a lousy team with a lousy coach. They're four and six, and you are what your record says you are. <laughs> Bill, I like that. It's a good email. Um, you're absolutely right. You are what your record says you are. Unfortunately, for other teams in the league, uh, they're just as bad, especially in that division. When you have teams like Carolina, who, of course, is playing terrible. You have teams like uh, the Saints and Atlanta, which are in their division. So when you have those four teams, someone's got to win it, according to the rules of the NFL. Last year, the Bucks were 8-9. They got the home playoff game because they won the division. Um, somebody's going to win it. Not quite sure who it's going to be, but the Bucks for as um, 
lousy as they have looked at certain times. They've looked decent other times, and they've actually looked good in a few occasions as well. But something's got to break, and the Bucks have just as good a chance at this point as any team in that division, Bill. So while I agree with some of the statements in that email, I also have to say that uh, the Bucks do have a fighting chance if they get a couple breaks and fix some of the things that are broken at this point. But yes, four and six is four and six, and call it what you want. <laughs> but thank you for the email, as always. We got a couple other games: Jaguars at the Texans, uh, Jacksonville seven and three, the Texans six and four. I think you're going to have a lot of points in this game. Uh, I'm looking at some of the um, C.J. Stroud. You have Trevor Lawrence. They're going to put up some points. I do like um, Jacksonville in this game, though. However, they do have troubles against teams that they should beat. So we'll see what happens. You have the Saints at the Falcons that we talked about. The Saints 5-5, five and five, the Falcons 4-6. and six. I think the Saints defense is going to force a couple turnovers from Ritter. And that's going to be the difference. If I had to pick someone, I would pick the Saints all Although I hope the Falcons win that game and we're able to win to make it a three-way tie atop that division. The Steelers and the Bengals, if you remember the Steelers fired offensive coordinator Matt Canada on Tuesday. The offense was terrible. I think they ranked 28th in the NFL in points per game. Uh, Pickett, quarterback, has to... Pick up his game. I think with a new offensive coordinator, you may see a difference in him. And if that happens, uh, it's going to definitely be a change for Pittsburgh. And at six and four, that's a tough division. Unlike the NFC South, that division is tough. So you do have Cincinnati that's playing. You, know, you, you talk about Cincinnati. They're in trouble because their quarterback is uh, Burrow. He's out, right? He's out for the season. And who would have thought that going into the season? So uh, a lot of things can happen. I do think that uh, Steelers, under the new uh, offensive coordinator, win this game. So I look for that to be close, but I do look for them to win. Uh, We talk about the Patriots at the Giants. Uh, Doesn't really matter. Patriots are 2-8. Giants are 3-8. And And whoever wins this game is going to be, you know, either... Three and eight or four and eight. So uh, neither of these teams are going anywhere and they're going for the draft pick for next year. Panthers at the Titans, another game that doesn't really matter. Tennessee's three and seven. Panthers are one and nine. So I'm not even going to talk about that one. The Browns at the Broncos. Um, you know, I think Cleveland's going to win another game with a last second drive uh, against Denver and you know you look at Cleveland right now their their defense is as good as any defense in the NFL you have to score points though you have to put points on the board uh can Russell Wilson do that for Denver I don't know we're gonna see but I'm gonna say that Cleveland wins this game and then you have the Rams at the Cardinals Cardinals two and nine Rams four and six Cooper Cup, uh, I don't think he's going to be playing. Uh, you do have Kyler Murray out there and Matthew Stafford. Uh, both of them have some things to prove. 
So we're going to see which one is able to step up when the chips are down. The Chiefs coming off that loss against Philly at the Raiders. The Raiders are 5-6. and six. Uh, You know, something wrong with the Chiefs' offense right now. Whether you want to call it drop passes, call it turnovers. And they really haven't shown many signs of resolving those issues, in my opinion. Meanwhile, the Raiders, uh, they've allowed... Only an average of, I think, 13 or 14 points per game after making that coaching change. So uh, coming off a short week, what's going to happen? you got Travis Kelsey there. He's got 11 career touchdown catches against the Raiders, most against any team. Look for him to have a good game after his disappointing game against Philly with a couple drop passes there and a couple penalties. So uh, I look for Casey to come back and, and win this game. You have the Bills at the Eagles and probably what will be the best game of the week. What's going to happen in this one? The Bills are 6-5. and five. Philly is 9-1. and one. Uh, You know, Josh Allen, I think he's going to have a good game against Philly this week. And I think that, um, you know, Philly's due for a letdown game. Josh Allen definitely has the ability to go out there, put some points on the board. I look for them to, you know, run the ball effectively. Um, you know, you do have DeAndre Swift with Philly. And I do think that um, any team that has Jalen Hurts is going to be in the game. But I think after that game against Kansas City, this is a week that the Eagles may have a little bit of a letdown. And if the Bills play as good as they need to play, I think that they actually might come away with a victory over there in the Lincoln Field. The Ravens 8-3 and three at the Chargers. The Chargers are very disappointing 4-6. and six. I think the Ravens are going to go ahead and win this. I've been saying that I think Baltimore is the best team in the AFC. People say it's Kansas City. I, I it, They might be right, but I'm thinking that I would take Baltimore. Their defense is, is shutting teams down. And when you have a quarterback named Lamar Jackson, uh, I'm going to put my money on Lamar Jackson in this game. And I think that Baltimore is going to win. Then you have a uh, Monday night football game with the Bears and the Vikings. The Bears are 3-8. and eight, The Vikings are 6-5. and five. Uh, a lot of mediocrity, to put it nicely, in this game. I think the Vikings are going to extend their win streak. Um, I think they've won five in a row against this team. They're going, to, they're going to make it six, and that's about all I'm going to say about that game. The big thing we want to talk about, guys, is the games today. You know, it's college football Saturday. So what do you have? You have probably the game of the week. Not probably. It is the game of the week. You have... The Ohio State going up to Ann Arbor and playing Michigan. Both of these teams are undefeated. Uh, what do you think? You know, it's rivalry week. Probably one of the most exciting weekends in college football. I think it actually used to be more so um, back in the day. If you look at previous you know, years, some of the some of the rivalries. But, you know, we do have rivalry week. We're gonna talk we have Ohio State at Michigan. Both teams have played eleven games. Both teams have won eleven games and no game during this rivalry week carries more significance. Um, well, both you know, in their conference and nationally for that matter, because the winner is gonna take the 
Big Ten East Division title and they'll play in the league championship game next week. Um, but more so, a loss is going to knock a team out of the college football playoff picture, probably, but not definitely. I say that because, you know, you got to look at the strength of schedule, and uh, I think a loss to Michigan may knock them out of the top four, but you don't know. Um, Michigan... These are two very, very tough teams. Michigan probably has the advantage because they're playing at home, but um, the defense, no, they got to find a way to shut down Marvin Harrison and J.J. Uh, McCarthy has to make some plays for Michigan to be able to win this game. Do I think it's going to happen? I'm going to take Michigan in this game, believe it or not, and I think that um, we're going to see what happens when the, the the college football scenario comes out for the top four for the playoff. The other you know, game we have, number one, Georgia. They're also 11-0 playing at Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech six and five. It's still a rivalry game, and you know the recent dominance that Georgia has over everybody. I think will continue, and you know I think that Georgia is the number one team in the country, and the number one for a reason. Speaking of top teams, that number four team we talked about, Georgia the one. You have Ohio State. You have uh, Michigan. The fourth team is Washington right now. They're four. They're eleven and zero, and ranked fourth in the college football poll. And they're playing Washington State. So it's really quite simple for Washington. They just need to win. They need to win this week and then next week in the um, conference championship game. And if they do, they're going to be in the playoffs. If they lose one of them, they're going to be out. Um, and if they're out. And the number five team, which is Florida State, is going to be in. And Florida State, you know, is playing Florida. Huge game for the uh, locals around, you know, in the Tampa area. A lot of hype always goes on during this game, the rivalry game. The Gators are five and six this year. And there's not really a lot of, there's not really a lot of hype um, for a couple of reasons. Number one, Florida's not having that good of a season. And number two, Florida State's quarterback is out. Jordan Travis, as you know, is out for the season and for his career for that matter with a lower leg injury that he had in last week's game. Um, so their, their bowl, their bowl um, contention really is going to come down to Tate Rodemaker. Uh, he has to have a a great game. Uh, do I think they're going to beat Florida? I do. I think Florida State is the better team this year. Um, both sides of the ball. I don't think Florida is going to be able to run on Florida State. I think they're going to definitely have to open it up and pass. So, I don't know. We're going to see what happens. But uh, Max Brown is a new quarterback for Florida as well after an injury. So they're going to put some pressure on them. We're going to see what happens. I look for Florida State to win that game. And uh, will it be interesting? I think it will be. And I think it will be closer than people think. But I do think that Florida State wins the game. And then you have Oregon State playing at Oregon. Oregon's 10-1. and They're ranked number six in the country. Um, so all, all types of good games. And you have... Um, conference championships to look forward to 
uh, Alabama will be playing at Auburn in another rivalry game. Alabama's ten and one. Auburn six and five. Uh, Alabama's never won nine in a row since losing at home to Texas in week two. So you know Alabama's going to win this game. Don't make any uh, bets against them on this one. So. Let's see what happens, guys. It's a huge week, rivalry week. A lot to get to as, as far as what happens after this week. Of course, next time we're going to break down the conference championships, look at the top four, look who uh, might have a chance to slip in if one of the top teams uh, fall. And we're going to be talking some more of hockey next week. The, the Lightning had a great game. Overtime victory finally against the Bruins this past week. Disappointing loss, I think, to Ottawa. It was in overtime as well, but seeing Stamkos scoring out there, uh, Point, Kucherov, all the guys that are expected to do well are doing well. We'll break that down, and we're going to be talking some college basketball next time. I appreciate listening um, every week to emails. Definitely are, are exciting to read. I want to hear you have to say about the Bucks. want to hear you have to say about the Florida State, Florida game. Let me know your thoughts on the Lightning. Cooper has the boys going in the right direction. It should be an exciting next couple months for them as well. As always, guys, thank you for your input into the show. As always, stay vigilant, stay safe, and above all, stay positive. We'll talk to you next week in the gymnasium. You've been listening to the Jimmy B Sports Show. I'm your host, Jim Barron. Have a grateful and thankful Thanksgiving weekend. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you.